Welcome to the BP presentation to the financial community, webcast and conference call. I now hand over to Jessica Mitchell, Head of Investor Relations. Hello and welcome. This is BP's full year 2014 results webcast and conference call. I'm Jess Mitchell, BP's Head of Investor Relations, and I'm here with our Group Chief Executive, Bob Dudley, Chief Financial Officer, Brian Gilvary, Upstream Chief Executive, Lamar McKay, and our Downstream Chief Executive, Tufan ergen Bilgich. Before we start, I need to draw your attention to our cautionary statement. During today's presentation, we will make forward-looking statements that refer to our estimates, plans and expectations. Actual results and outcomes could differ materially due to factors that we note on this slide and in our UK and SEC filings. Please refer to our annual report, stock exchange announcement and SEC filings for more details. These documents are available on our website. Thank you, and now over to Bob. Thanks, Jess, and welcome, everyone, to today's call. Today is an important day for BP, particularly as it marks the fulfillment of our 10-point plan and the start of a new phase. We're here to look back on a turbulent last quarter, a strong 2014, and a three-year period in which we did what we said we would do. And we're here to look ahead to a tough period for the industry, but one that we're prepared for. I'll start with an overview of where we've got to in our future plans, and I'll hand over to Brian to take us through the detail of the fourth quarter results and update you on key elements of guidance for 2015. Then Lamar and Tufan will talk in some more detail about their areas of the business. And at the end, there will be time to take your questions. So the first thing to say is that with 2014 now complete, we can confirm that we have delivered the 10-point plan we laid out back in 2011. As part of that plan, we set a series of goals that we would accomplish over a three-year period. We said we would focus relentlessly on safety. We undertook to manage our portfolio actively while playing to our strengths and to generate around $30 billion of operating cash flow in a $100 per barrel world. And we committed to strengthening our balance sheet to be more capable of weathering uncertainty. This all had a core purpose of creating a stronger, simpler, and more focused BP. As we stand today, I believe we've achieved all that and more. Back in 2011, we were just one year into a recovery from a major incident with multiple legal, financial, environmental, and strategic implications. Progress we've made says a lot about how BP and our people have worked over the past three years. But to me, it says more about BP's prospects over the next few years. We are capable to change and capable of taking on tough challenges. To briefly summarize the key achievements, we have improved the safety and reliability of our operations. In 2014, we had fewer serious process safety incidents and fewer leaks and spills than in 2011. To meet our obligations to the U.S. Gulf states, we completed an initial $38 billion of divestments in 2013 and have since been working towards a further $10 billion of divestments, which are well underpinned. In the upstream, we've made 13 significant discoveries and delivered 15 new major project startups over the last three years, while also transforming the business to operate under a new functional model. It's been a similar story in the downstream, where we've invested in the major upgrade of our Whiting refinery and at the same time divested two large U.S. refineries and some related marketing assets, leaving a portfolio of more advantaged assets. 
In all, the choices we have made around our portfolio have provided us with a more focused footprint, a less complex business, and a stronger overall set of assets. At the same time, we have resumed payment of our dividend in 2011 and have since grown shareholder distributions. This includes repurchasing $10.3 billion of our own shares, largely using funds from the sale of our interests in TNKBP. We leave 2014 behind with a proven track record of delivery in our underlying business and better place to navigate the new and challenging world we have all entered in 2015. The recent sharp fall in oil price is, of course, the big story in the industry today. A lot has been said and written about this, so I'm going to concentrate today on how BP is positioned in this environment. How well we navigate the road ahead will be a test of our business model. We have a diverse portfolio, a rigorous process to allocate capital, and an already established focus on efficiency. As well as being an integrated oil company with a strong downstream, our portfolio has around one-third of upstream production coming from production sharing agreements and a growing portfolio of high-quality gas projects, both of which make us less sensitive to oil price fluctuations. We are a long-range business, and we look to generate competitive returns across the full life cycle of a project. Over the last three to four years, we have been sanctioning upstream projects at $80 per barrel, while testing projects for resilience at $60 per barrel. Of course, in the current volatile times, we will look closely at each investment decision, taking account of current price levels, our ability to leverage deflation, and our long-term outlook for the environment. As and when prices look to have reset in a structural way, we would moderate these assumptions accordingly. We also drive capital discipline by constraining the total level of capital spend in any one year, taking account of the opportunities available and the flexibility of our balance sheet. We are currently paring back activity and looking to rephase spend to reflect the expected deflation. We are resetting our capital expenditure in 2015 to around $20 billion, well below our previous guidance. Our overall capital budget will be the subject of ongoing review as we rework our medium-term plans. At this moment, we benefit from being an organization that is already very focused on cost discipline. We began to streamline activity and increase efficiency some 18 months ago in response to becoming a smaller, more focused company. This timing gives us an advantage as the benefits are already becoming evident, and more on that in a moment. Going into 2015, our balance sheet reflects gearing of 16.7%, and we are working steadily towards divesting a further $10 billion of assets over the 2014 to 2015 period. So we are where we plan to be, but the outlook for the environment is now much weaker. The interventions we are currently making on capital and costs have become critical to ensuring we can rebalance our financial framework to the new environment. And Brian will take you through the specifics for 2015 shortly. So let me now spend a moment on how we intend to deepen our focus on costs in the different parts of our business. The background to this, as you know, is that BP invested significantly in certain areas of functional capability following the Deepwater Horizon incident which was also a period of strong inflation. At the same time, we started divesting non-core assets. This triggered a need to streamline our supporting functions and structures so they are the right size to support our new portfolio. 
without sacrificing safety and risk management in any way. At the corporate and functional level, as part of the outlook we showed you last year, we identified over 60 simplification initiatives, many of which are well underway. You will recall this included consolidation in our global business services organization and combining a number of our corporate functions, among other initiatives. As Lamar highlighted in December, simplification of the upstream primarily reflects a continued focus on doing the right activity at the right time, active management of our supply chain, and aligning business support costs with the reduced size of our operations. It also includes making choices in our portfolio, such as the restructuring of the lower 48 and the United States. We're now further intensifying our efforts in response to current market conditions, and we will be actively looking to take advantage of the deflationary opportunity. We will do this without compromise to safety. Of course, the outcome of this is as much about the industry as about BP, so we are not going to put a number to what we think is achievable today. We would say that we expect to at least maintain our competitive position as industry costs rebrace to the new lower oil prices. In the downstream, too, we've developed a track record of delivery on cost efficiency, and Tufan has brought renewed focus to this since assuming leadership of the segment, with 26 simplification initiatives currently underway. We aim to deliver around $1.6 billion per year of efficiency savings by 2018 versus 2014, as Tufan will explain. This all works together to right-size our total cash cost base. In 2014, we saw a reduction in total group cash costs of over $1 billion relative to 2013. We expect ongoing activity to deliver further efficiencies in 2015 and to be sustainable over the long term. Consistent with this, we announced in December that we expect the group to incur about $1 billion of non-operating restructuring charges before the end of 2015. Given the uncertainty of the outlook, we now also see it as prudent to reset our cost base for a more sustained period of lower oil prices. We are deepening our efforts and looking even more closely at all forms of activity across the group. This will be an area of intense focus for 2015, and we will keep you updated as we put more detail to these plans. Turning to the portfolio, today's environment is a good reminder of the logic of being an integrated business with a focused portfolio of high-quality assets. The repositioning of our portfolio following our divestments has made us less complex, with a lower risk footprint, and positioned to focus resources for the greater discipline demanded by current conditions. We keep our portfolio constantly under review, looking for ways to unlock value, whether by exiting assets that no longer fit our strategy or transforming a business model that could work harder, as with the lower 48. It also includes remaining alert to opportunities for investing in assets that fit our core strategy that could arise in the current market conditions. In the upstream, our portfolio reflects a balance of investment in giant fields, deep water, and gas value chains with strong incumbent positions in our four key geographic regions of Angola, the Gulf of Mexico, Azerbaijan, and the North Sea. The portfolio is sufficiently diverse to balance exposure to fiscal and geopolitical risk, but concentrated enough to allow us to focus on our strengths. It provides a distinctive platform for the future. 
Our gas positions have the potential to grow operating cash and improve returns over the next decade, along with our established oil positions. Our repositioned downstream business with our newly upgraded Whiting refinery is not only an important cash generator for the group, but still has potential to grow returns as we focus on growth markets and efficiency. With respect to Russia, the current geopolitical context remains challenging. Nonetheless, Russia remains today the world's largest oil and gas producer, and we remain committed to our strategic investment in Rosneft, a position with attractive opportunities for the long term. BP will continue to comply with all relevant sanctions. So overall, we believe we have reshaped a portfolio over the last few years that will allow us to succeed over the long term, and Lamar and Tufan will both provide more color around their respective businesses. Turning to our overall proposition to investors, this is a slide we showed you in March last year. Of course, a lot has changed since then, but the fundamental principles of that proposition remain unchanged over the long term. We are pursuing value over volume, which means investing in high-quality activities which play to our strengths, divesting non-core assets, and finding new ways to create long-term value through portfolio management. This is central to our strategy, no matter what the environment. In the new environment, our focus has to be on rebalancing our financial framework to manage through a period of low oil prices, while underpinning our dividend and meeting our legal obligations in the United States. Looking further out, our aim remains to grow sustainable free cash flow through a combination of growth and underlying operating cash flow from our business, and a strong focus on capital discipline. I believe we have already demonstrated our ability to maintain an affordable capital frame. Over time, this aims to support growth and distributions to shareholders. Looking ahead to what we expect to happen over the next few years, we see this year and probably the next several years as an industry reset phase a period of intense change, the outcomes of which will be defined by oil and gas prices, pace of deflation, the realization of efficiencies across the sector, and possible inorganic activity. At BP, we will be focusing on a clear set of priorities. For simplicity, I'd like to think of this under the four headings of delivery, divestments, discipline, and the dividend. By delivery, I mean consolidating the underlying momentum of the last three years in our businesses through continued, safe, reliable, and efficient execution. Divestments is about completing the $10 billion program of divestments. Discipline has two parts. Firstly, resetting the capital budget to ensure every dollar of capital spend delivers value for shareholders, paring back activity as necessary, and taking advantage of deflation. And secondly, right-sizing the cost base to match our footprint and withstand a sustained period of lower oil prices. And most importantly, the dividend, which is firmly established as the first priority within our financial framework. Looking beyond this phase and into the medium term, we expect to be operating off a reset base. We expect this reset base to be underpinned by the next wave of upstream major projects and longer-term opportunities for resource progression. In the downstream, we see us moving to the next level of competitiveness and efficiency as we leverage our advantage portfolio, and we will be continuing our focus on capital and cost efficiency. 
So there's a lot that may be unclear, particularly in this current phase. But there is one point we are completely clear on. Our focus throughout will be on growing value for shareholders. Now let me turn specifically to our full year 2014 results. Our underlying replacement cost profit was $12.1 billion. As you would expect, in the upstream, this was significantly affected by the weaker environment, particularly in the fourth quarter. We also experienced some higher costs, DDA and expiration write-offs in particular. The depreciation of the ruble and lower oil prices also had a negative impact on our share of Rosneft's net income for the year. However, in the downstream, despite a weaker refining environment, we delivered improved performance from our fuels marketing business and benefited from the ramp-up of the modernized Whiting refinery. This reminds us of the importance of being an integrated oil company. Post-tax operating cash flow in 2014 was $32.8 billion and, as indicated, has fulfilled a major goal of the 10-point plan. Our organic capital expenditure in 2014 was $22.9 billion, $1.1 billion below the lower end of the guidance range given at the start of the year. This demonstrates our strong commitment to capital discipline. Proceeds during the year from divestments totaled $3.5 billion, and as already noted, our gearing at the end of the year was well within our target band of 10 to 20 percent. We distributed $5.9 billion in cash to shareholders through dividends, and we also bought back $4.8 billion of our own shares last year. And finally, our reserves replacement ratio for 2014 is estimated at 62 percent, excluding the impact of acquisitions and divestments. So now I want to walk you through the important area of our safety performance in 2014. These charts show an encouraging overall trend since 2010, which I believe reflects the disciplined approach we're taking to our operations around the globe. Looking first at losses of primary containment, or LOPCs, which reflect even very small releases of any hazardous material, we have seen a small increase in these instances against a strong result in 2013. Newly available data from enhanced automation in our lower 48 operations in the United States was the reason for the increase in our LOPCs in 2014, and we continue to focus our efforts in this area. We also track process safety events, the American Petroleum Institute, or API industry metric. Looking at Tier 1 and Tier 2 events combined, the overall downward year-on-year -year trend has continued. As regards personal safety, our recordable injury frequency rate remains level with 2013. Safety is good business. It remains the primary focus in our operations, and we are always striving to improve our performance. Lastly, let me briefly touch on the ongoing Gulf of Mexico litigation processes in the United States. The penalty phase of the MDL 2179 trial is now underway. This is the third of three steps in the process of determining the amount of penalties under the Clean Water Act. Following the first phase, the court issued rulings which included findings of gross negligence and willful misconduct by BP. We strongly disagree with these findings and have appealed. Regarding phase two, the court recently ruled that 3.19 million barrels of oil were spilled into the Gulf as a result of the incident 
and found no gross negligence in our source control efforts. As we've said before, we will pursue fair outcomes in all legal matters while protecting the best interests of you as shareholders at all times. Further to the recent decision of the U.S. Supreme Court not to hear BP's appeal on the issue of causation in relation to business economic loss claims, we have a responsibility to continue to contest what we believe to be unfounded claims. And I should also point out that the deadline for submission of any further economic loss claims has now been set for June 8th of this year. Brian will give the usual update on the financial impacts for the quarter shortly. As always, we are continuing to compartmentalize these illegal activities, and BP's operational delivery teams remain fully focused on our core businesses. So let me now hand over to Brian. Thanks, Bob. I'll start by touching briefly on the price environment in what continues to be a very weak market. In the fourth quarter, Brent fell to an average of just under $77 per barrel, the lowest quarterly average since the third quarter of 2010, and has averaged $48 per barrel so far this quarter. As is now well documented, oil prices softened in the latter part of 2014 as market fundamentals reflected production growth in the United States, other increases in global supply and weaker global demand. Prices weakened further following OPEC's decision to maintain production in November. Henry Hub prices continue to fall through 2014 as growth of United States shale production outpaced consumption. European and Asian spot prices fell, reflecting modest demand and rising LNG supplies. Henry Hub gas prices for the fourth quarter averaged almost exactly $4 per million British thermal units and now stand around $2.70 per million British thermal units. The overall refining environment was lower in the fourth quarter, impacted by the seasonal reduction in refining margins, along with falling crude differentials in the United States. As you'll have seen, the sharp fall in oil and gas prices has had an impact on our upstream results for the fourth quarter. However, the full run rate effect of the fall in prices will only be visible as we move through the first quarter and beyond. As Bob mentioned against this backdrop, we are making a number of interventions to rebalance our financial framework that I will come back to shortly. Turning to the results, BP's fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit was $2.2 billion, down 20% on the same period a year ago and 26% lower than the third quarter. Compared to the fourth quarter of 2013, the result reflects significantly lower liquids realisations and a lower contribution from our shareholding in Rosneft, offset by improved downstream earnings and increased upstream production in high margin areas. You will have seen from our stock exchange announcement that we have booked a pre-tax, non-operating, non-cash charge of $6.5 billion, or $3 billion post-tax, for impairments in the fourth quarter. These are mainly upstream assets, reflecting the impact of the lower near-term price environment, revisions to reserves, and other factors. Fourth quarter operating cash flow was $7.2 billion. This did not benefit from any unwinding of working capital, which remained broadly flat between quarters. The fourth quarter dividend, payable in the first quarter of 2015, remains unchanged at $0.10 cents per ordinary share. 
turning to the highlights at a segment level. In upstream, the underlying fourth quarter replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $2.2 billion compares with $3.9 billion a year ago and $3.9 billion in the third quarter. Compared to the fourth quarter of 2013, the result reflects significantly lower liquid realizations, the absence of the one-off benefit to production taxes in the fourth quarter of 2013, and higher expiration write-offs. These were partly offset by lower costs, increased production in high margin areas, and stronger gas marketing and trading. Excluding Russia, fourth quarter reported production versus a year ago was 2.6% lower, primarily due to the Abu Dhabi onshore concession expiry in January 2014. After adjusting for this and for entitlement and investment impacts, underlying production increased by 2.3%. Underlying production growth for the full year was 2.2%. Compared to the third quarter, the result reflects significantly lower liquids realizations and higher expiration write-offs, partly offset by significantly stronger gas marketing and trading, higher production and lower costs. Looking ahead, we expect first quarter 2015 reported production to be higher than the fourth quarter, reflecting higher entitlements in PSA regions based on lower oil prices. For the fourth quarter of 2014, we have recognized $470 million as our estimate of BP's share of Rosneft's underlying net income, compared to $1.1 billion a year ago and $110 million in the third quarter. BP's share of Rosneft's production for the fourth quarter is estimated at just over 1 million barrels of oil equivalent per day, 4% higher compared with a year ago. Rosneft's results for the period were affected by an unfavourable duty lag, lower oil prices and other items, as well as foreign exchange effects which had a favourable impact on the result. Further details will be provided by Rosneft when they report their fourth quarter results. In the downstream, the fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax was $1.2 billion, compared with $70 million a year ago and $1.5 billion in the third quarter. The fuels business reported an improved underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $930 million in the fourth quarter, compared with a loss of $200 million in the same quarter last year. This was driven by higher fuels marketing performance, increased heavy crude processing in the United States, an improved result from supply and trading and lower turnaround activity, partly offset by a weaker refining environment, primarily due to falling crude differentials in the United States. The lubricants business delivered an underlying replacement cost profit of $310 million, compared with $230 million in the same quarter last year. This reflects continued gross margin improvement in growth markets and the absence of restructuring charges partially offset by adverse foreign exchange impacts. The petrochemicals business reported an underlying replacement cost loss of $30 million in the fourth quarter, compared to a profit of $40 million in the same period last year. The result reflects a continuation of the weak margin environment, particularly in the Asian aromatics sector, and unplanned operational events. 
Logging to 2015, we anticipate weaker refining margins due to narrowing crude differentials in the low crude price environment. We expect the financial impact of refinery turnarounds to be at similar levels as 2014 and the petrochemicals margin environment to gradually improve. In other business and corporate, the pre-tax underlying replacement cost charge was $120 million for the fourth quarter, a reduction of $490 million on the same period a year ago, mainly due to improved results in our other businesses, lower corporate and functional costs, and a number of one-off credits. As a result of the very low charge in the fourth quarter, the full-year pre-tax underlying charge of $1.3 billion is lower than the guidance range we provided in February. The effective tax rate on underlying replacement cost profit for the fourth quarter was 38%, taking the full-year effective tax rate to 36% in line with the guidance for 2014. The charge for the Gulf of Mexico oil spill was $480 million for the fourth quarter, primarily reflecting increased costs related to business economic loss claims, litigation, and the ongoing cost of the Gulf Coast Restoration Organization. The total cumulative pre-tax charge for the incident to date is $43.5 billion. This does not include any provision for business economic loss claims that are yet to be received processed or paid, other than a provision for claims that have been processed and not subject to appeal within the claims facility. The charge in the fourth quarter relating to business economic loss claims was $235 million. As we have previously advised, it is still not possible to reliably estimate the remaining liability for business economic loss claims. We continue to review this each quarter. Regarding the Clean Water Act, we have filed notices of appeal of the Phase 1 gross negligence ruling and the penalty phase is underway. We continue to believe that our original provision of $3.5 billion represents a reliable estimate of the penalty in the event we are successful in our appeal and we have maintained the provision at this level. The pre-tax cash outflow on costs related to the oil spill for the full year 2014 was $1.3 billion, including $740 million relating to fines and penalties. As previously disclosed, the cumulative amount estimated to be payable from the trust fund has now reached $20 billion. Additional costs not provided for will be charged to the income statement as they arise. At the end of the quarter, the aggregate remaining cash balances in the trust and qualified settlement funds total $5.1 billion, including $1.1 billion remaining in the Seafood Compensation Fund, with $20 billion paid in and $14.9 billion paid out. Now, turning to progress on divestments and our objective to divest $10 billion of assets by the end of 2015. Agreed deals to date have reached $4.7 billion. These include the sale of a package of assets on the Alaskan North Slope, the farm down of 40% of our interest in the Aman Kazam project, monetization of part of our interest in the Tiber and Gila fields in the Gulf of Mexico Paleogene, and the sale of our global aviation turbine oils business. We remain on track to reach our $10 billion objective this year. Now looking at our full year cash flow movements, 
This slide compares our sources and uses of cash in 2013 and 2014. Operating cash flow for 2014 was $32.8 billion, marking delivery of the 10-point plan operating cash flow target. This includes $7.2 billion generated in the fourth quarter. Excluding oil spill-related outgoings, underlying operating cash flow for the year was $11.6 billion, higher than in 2013. This includes a working capital release of $2.2 billion for the year. Full-year organic capital expenditure was $22.9 billion, in line with our revised guidance provided with third-quarter results. Organic capital expenditure in the fourth quarter was $6.6 billion. In 2014, we bought back $4.8 billion of shares, including $800 million in the fourth quarter. The cumulative total since early 2013 is now $10.3 billion. Around $8 billion of this reflects the proceeds of the sale of our interests in TNKBP, with a balance coming from the proceeds of our $10 billion divestment programme. Turning to our forward-looking guidance for 2015, we expect full-year underlying production in 2015 to be broadly flat compared with 2014, with base decline offset by new major project volumes. The actual reported outcome will depend on divestments, OPEC quotas and entitlement impacts. As mentioned, organic capital expenditure in 2014 was $22.9 billion. We now expect 2015 organic capital expenditure to be around $20 billion, relative to our previously signalled capital frame of $24 to $26 billion in 2015. This reflects a rebalancing of our uses of cash in the current price environment. In the upstream, the reduction is expected to come from paring back expiration and access spend, shelving a number of marginal projects, prioritising activity in our base operations, and the reduced spending we anticipate in projects operated by others. This does not rely on supply chain deflation in the near term. Depending on where prices settle, we would expect deflation to become evident in the ongoing review of our capital frame as we move into 2016 and beyond. These interventions in the upstream will be further supported by not advancing selected projects in the downstream and our other businesses. The DDNA charge was $15.2 billion in 2014, reflecting a steep rise compared to 2013 as a result of the significant production delivered from new upstream major projects and the commissioning of the refurbished Whiting refinery. In 2015, we see a flatter trend for DDNA relative to 2014. In other business and corporate, the average underlying quarterly charge is expected to be around $400 million, although this may fluctuate between individual quarters. In the current environment and with our current portfolio of assets, the effective tax rate is expected to be lower during 2015. Today's fourth quarter result also includes a $433 million non-operating restructuring charge against the $1 billion charge we expect to see before the end of this year. Clearly, as Bob outlined, this is a year of transition as we adjust to the reality of current and expected lower oil prices. As we rebalance the company's sources and uses of cash, 
We will update you on progress quarter by quarter. Turning to our financial outlook, our 2014 operating cash delivery of $32.8 billion reflects the reliable operating performance in our business and a release of working capital that is less than half of the bill we saw in 2013. This exceeds our 10-point plan target of $30 to $31 billion in a $100 per barrel oil price environment. Net debt at the year end was $22.6 billion, putting gearing at 16.7%. We remain committed to keeping gearing in the 10 to 20% range while uncertainties remain. We are now entering a phase of uncertainty while the industry transitions to a period of weaker prices. We are very clear on the actions we need to take to complete our current $10 billion divestment program, reset our capital frame to around $20 billion for 2015, and resize our cost base. With the interventions we are making, we believe we have sufficient flexibility to support our dividend in 2015 in the current price environment, while staying within our gearing band. Current circumstances aside, our objective over time is to reflect a position where underlying operating cash flow covers capital expenditure and dividends. We will be actively working to re-establish this balance in our financial framework over the medium term. Over the course of this year, we expect industry margin structures to start to respond to deflation as we also reset our own controllable costs to be sustainable to a lower price environment. This will put us in a better position to define the longer-term financial implications for the group. To reinforce Bob's earlier words, our first priority within the financial framework is the dividend. As we adjust to the new environment, we will continue to judge the uses of cash for discretionary reinvestment and distributions on an ongoing basis with a bias to distributions. We will continue to keep you updated as our plans evolve through the year. Now let me hand over to Lamar to talk about the upstream business. Thanks, Brian. In December, I shared with you some significant detail about our strategy and plans for the upstream, so I do not intend to go into a lot of detail today. I'll start with a look back at 2014, followed by a reminder of the key activities driving value in our business and other recent and near-term developments. I'll end with a brief recap of the key pillars of the strategy I outlined in December. We achieved a number of key milestones in 2014. 18 exploration wells were drilled in the year. We made five new discoveries at Orca in Angola, Notus in Egypt, Cherilete in Brazil, Vorlik in the North Sea, and Guadalupe in the Gulf of Mexico. We also continued to achieve new access, including the UK North Sea licensing round in the fourth quarter. In December, we signed a new production sharing agreement with SOCAR in Azerbaijan to jointly explore for and develop potential prospects in the shallow water area around the Absheron Peninsula in the Azerbaijan sector of the Caspian Sea, pending final government approval. This is in addition to blocks awarded earlier in the year in Morocco, Australia, Greenland, the prior North Sea licensing round, and the Gulf of Mexico. Last month, we formally received the licenses for the El Materia and Karawan concessions in Egypt following the announcement of the award last year. Turning to major projects, 
our 2014 startups continue to ramp up as planned. The startup of both Sunrise Phase 1 in Canada and Canoel in the UK North Sea during December takes the total 2014 major project startups to seven. Production from the Andrew platform, which the Canoel project ties into, is forecast to peak at more than 50,000 barrels per day. Sunrise Phase 1, operated by our 50% joint venture partner, Husky, represents our first in-situ oil sands operation and an asset which we expect to generate steady production for decades. Turning to operations, we successfully completed our final 2014 turnaround in December on schedule, taking the total completed in 2014 to eight. Additionally, operations at the Rum gas field in the Central North Sea resumed in the fourth quarter in accordance with the agreed temporary management scheme. Our well delivery execution has also improved in 2014. We completed all of our priority wells and have the highest production from new wells and well work since 2009. As I described in December, our core business activities are designed to drive value growth and competitive returns. In our base operations, we are focused on driving systematic delivery of safe and increasingly reliable operations, with our operated plant reliability increasing by 7% since 2010, and strong levels of plant reliability in our top fields. We are also focused on efficient reservoir management and wells execution in order to optimize recovery and value from our base assets. Managing existing wells is just as important, and we maintain these through timely well interventions to either restore or enhance production. We continue to move forward with a set of quality major projects. We have around 60 projects with a balance between deep water, giant fields, and gas value chains, which are also balanced across different geographies and stages of development. More on this year's project startups in a moment. We have reloaded our exploration pipeline over recent years through significant access to new opportunities. This has given us many opportunities for resource progression into the next decade. Finally, but importantly, we have a strong focus on capital and cost discipline. In the current environment, we are intensifying this focus to reset our cost base, as Bob and Brian have explained. With regard to capital expenditure, we expect to pare back exploration and access spend to rephase certain projects, and we will continually prioritize all of our activity. We have uncommitted spend and flexibility to manage pace of investment and to take advantage of any deflation in the sector. On cost discipline, we expect to align our cost base with the reduced size of our operations through actively managing our supply chain by, again, prioritizing activity, focusing our efforts on where we have distinctive capability, and making choices in our portfolio. Now, I'll look more specifically at the four major projects which we expect to start up in 2015, which are progressing on time and within budgets. In Angola, the Kasamba Satellites Phase II project is progressing well, Subsea installation is going to plan and three production wells are complete. Also in Angola, the Greater Plutonio Phase Three subsea development is making good progress with the first well already completed. 
In Algeria, the Salah Southern Fields project is on track. The pipeline is under construction and commissioning of the plant is ongoing. And finally, in Australia, brownfield activities and subsea installations are moving ahead on the Western Flank A project. In total, we have 15 projects which we have passed through the final investment decision and are in the construction stage across the world. The remaining projects in our pipeline are in the design or appraisal stage. Going forward, we will sanction and progress these projects at the right time. We fully intend to make use of the current environment to secure reasonable contract rates, to continue negotiation of fair price and fiscal terms in certain regions, and to access market deflation by phasing investment for the appropriate projects. I will now focus a little more on our portfolio and recent developments in the United States where we have three main upstream businesses, the Lower 48, Alaska, and the Gulf of Mexico. We have initiated change to actively pursue more efficient operating models in each of these businesses. In March 2014, we announced our plan to separate our U.S. Lower 48 oil and gas business into a separate unit. The rationale was that a new operating model was needed to improve performance in this business against its direct competitors, the U.S. independents. We expect faster decision-making, more innovation, and shorter cycle times through the value chain, and expect that significant capital and cost efficiencies will follow. Our plans, which include reporting separate financials, are on track. We are already seeing positive results from the more streamlined organization. We have had a workforce reduction of 900 employees and contractors and have seen cash costs fall by around 25% between 2012 and 2014. In Alaska, we sold the Endicott and North Star assets and farmed down in the Liberty and Milne Point fields to Hillcorp in the second quarter of 2014. The intent of this transaction was to put funds towards our obligations to the U.S. Gulf states and to allow us to focus our footprint to operate only one material asset, the giant Prudhoe Bay field, while divesting those worth more to others. At the same time, we sought to find an experienced partner to operate those assets where we diluted our interest in order to drive incremental value. Finally, in the Gulf of Mexico, we focus our efforts on four operated hubs and three non-operated positions which have the potential to deliver production growth. At the same time, we will also consider how we can most efficiently support the logistics of these BP-operated assets. We also continue to explore and appraise new positions, and we participated in three exploration wells in the Gulf of Mexico during 2014. As these exploration activities provide potential new development opportunities, we will continue to consider where and how much we operate. In light of this, last week we announced a new ownership and operating model with Chevron and ConocoPhillips to advance current and future paleogene discoveries in the deepwater Gulf of Mexico. We are diluting around half of our current 62% equity interest in the Gila and Tiber fields to Chevron, passing operatorship to them at the same time, and we also gain exploration access to the Gibson Prospect. This alliance will enable us to do three things that are at the core of our strategy in the Gulf of Mexico, namely 
to support exploration and development in the Paleogene, which we expect to be a key part of our future in the region, to share development costs and maximize synergies which will allow us to manage and improve capital efficiency, and to increase our focus on maximizing production at our existing operated hubs. So to close, I'd like to revisit the key takeaways from our upstream day in December. We are building a track record of delivery. We are improving safety and making our operations more reliable. We are focused on value over volume. By investing in high quality activities, we have a more focused footprint and we will continue to actively manage our portfolio. We are delivering value today through the efficient execution of our base activities, by progressing a quality set of major projects, and we continue to make discoveries from our exploration portfolio. In order to deliver long-term growth, we will continue to maintain a disciplined investment approach into three distinctive classes of assets, deep water, gas value chains, and giant fields. We will continue to maintain a balanced portfolio of opportunities. And finally, we drive the efficient execution of our activities through our functional operating model, and this is delivering results. These remain the pillars of our upstream strategy regardless of the oil price environment. Our strategy aims to deliver competitive operating cash growth through focusing on safe and reliable base operations selecting and executing our capital projects at the right time, and ensuring sustainability through cost and capital discipline. I'll now hand over to Tufan to talk about the downstream. Thanks, Lamar. In the next few slides, I will provide a brief update on our progress in 2014, and will set out the opportunity I see for further performance improvement across the downstream and the strategy we will be following to capture this opportunity. In terms of progress in 2014, we have seen continued improvement in our process safety performance, particularly on loss of primary containment, where we have achieved around 20% reduction in incidence year on year during 2014 which represents our best recorded annual performance. In fuels, we continue to deliver strong operational performance across our refining system, with Solomon refining availability sustained at around 95% for the year. Our recently repositioned Whiting refinery near Chicago is now fully on stream. We also announced our intention to cease refining operations at Bulwer Refinery in Australia during 2015. In lubricants, our focus on growth markets and premium brands continues to deliver like-for-like -like profit growth. And in petrochemicals, in response to a continued difficult environment, we have undergone a strategic review to create a higher earnings potential business which is more resilient to bottom-of-cycle conditions. I will cover this in more detail later in the presentation. 
This operational progress across many fronts has resulted in operating cash flow growth. Our 2014 progress gives us a great base to build on, and I believe there is further performance improvement opportunity for us to capture in downstream. Our strategy focuses on improving returns, growing operating and free cash flow, and building a quality downstream business which leads the industry as measured by net income per refining barrel. Our strategy to deliver this performance opportunity has five main themes. Our first priority remains safe and reliable operations, and we will continue to drive for performance improvement, both in personal and process safety. Advantage manufacturing and refining means we will continue to build a top quartile refining business by having a competitively advantage portfolio, which is underpinned by operations excellence. In petrochemicals, it means creating a business with higher earnings potential, which is significantly more robust to a bottom-of-cycle environment. In fuels marketing and lubricants, we have material and reliable profit and cash businesses. We will differentially invest in higher returning businesses which have operating cash growth potential. This should improve downstream returns and operating cash flow growth. Our strategy has a constant focus on portfolio quality through the high grading of assets and capital discipline. Where businesses do not fit our strategic frame, we will seek to divest. And finally, as Bob has already mentioned, we have launched a simplification and efficiency program to support our strategy to deliver performance improvement and to make our businesses even more competitive. I will now briefly talk about the key elements of our strategy, beginning with advantage manufacturing. We have improved our refining portfolio quality in terms of both feedstock advantage and scale and sustained competitive complexity through portfolio rationalization and selective investment. We have divested or closed 14 refineries since 2000. This gives us a smaller, more focused, higher quality refining portfolio, which as the top left chart shows, is largely concentrated in Europe and the United States. We believe that having a quality refining portfolio connected to strong marketing positions is core to our integrated fuels value chain businesses as this provides optimization opportunities in highly competitive markets. Turning to each of the regions, in the US, the top right chart illustrates how feedstock advantage has grown materially and has the potential to further improve due to refinery repositioning 
and logistics investments, which are largely complete. Our three U.S. refineries have access to Canadian crudes and U.S. shale oil, both of which typically price at a discount to other crudes. Our U.S. refineries are also location advantage versus Gulf Coast refineries due to Canadian crude supply proximity. Feedstock flexibility enables us to fully optimize our crude slate depending on relative crude differentials, an important capability given today's volatile energy markets. In Europe, the bottom right chart illustrates we have a top quartile refining portfolio in terms of scale and a smaller refining exposure than our primary competitors. Our refining portfolio is also competitive in Nelson complexity, excluding our Rotterdam refinery, which as you know, has significant trading and logistics flexibility, our average European Nelson complexity rises to around 11. And outside the US and Europe, where we have refineries in Africa and Australia, these are industry leading in their region in terms of scale and have top quartile profit capability. Across all regions, we expect to operate our portfolio at top quartile availability and with improved efficiency. The bottom left chart illustrates our performance over time, together with our aim for further improvement. To underpin this operational delivery, a program of operations excellence has recently been launched. This Advantage portfolio and our business improvement programs should ensure the portfolio delivers further performance improvement and is more resilient to volatility in the environment. This supports our strategy of creating a refining business with last man standing portfolio quality and performance in the regions in which they operate. Our petrochemicals portfolio is focused in large on two main end products, purified terephthalic acid, or PTA, and acetic acid. We are taking steps to significantly improve the cash break-even performance of the business. This will improve our earnings potential and make the business more robust to a bottom-of-cycle environment. These actions include a significant portfolio restructuring in our aromatics business to shut down older capacity in the United States or Asia and to sell less advantage assets provided we can get good value for them. We also expect to commission Zuhai 3 in China, our latest generation of PTA plant in the next couple of months. Secondly, extending the iPlan program to retrofit our best technology into our advantage sites and thus reduce overall operating costs. Thirdly, creating additional value from our leading petrochemical technologies 
by growing third-party licensing income. And finally, we plan to deliver operational improvements such as turnaround efficiency and improved reliability. As illustrated in the left-hand chart, taken together, we expect these actions will lead to over 35% improvement in our petrochemicals cash break-even performance. The top right chart confirms that market demand growth for our primary petrochemical products, PTA and acetic acid, has been stronger than the overall chemicals market. Industry analysts forecast continued growth in the 5-6% per annum range. We believe the market fundamentals for the acetic acid business are positive and improving with strong demand growth which presents the opportunity to selectively invest to capture extra earnings potential. The bottom right chart illustrates the cost advantage enjoyed from our latest technologies. Deployment of these leading technologies plus portfolio actions should deliver performance uplift, improve earnings potential of the business, and ensure our portfolio is more resilient to bottom-of-cycle conditions. Moving now from advantage manufacturing to marketing. Fuels marketing and lubricants are both key to our profitable growth strategy. In the left-hand chart, the bubble size illustrates total 2014 business profit generation plotted against business returns and the percentage of profit generated from growth markets. These are businesses which have good returns and are reliable in terms of profit and cash generation. They deliver these returns and growth through differentiated offers and distinctive partnerships. The retail business is the most material element of fuels marketing op operations and is proving to be a significant source of growth opportunity both today and into the future. To give you an appreciation of the scale of our retail network, it comprises over 17,000 sites spanning 16 countries and services over 8 million customers per day which is comparable to Starbucks. This business has good exposure to growth markets and we intend to increase it further. To reinforce our differentiated position, we partner with leading retailers globally, creating distinctive offers which deliver good returns and material growth potential. Our partnership with Marks & Spencer MNS in the UK is a good example of this. As illustrated in the top right chart, we are able to generate more than 50% incremental gross margin when we bring in our new offer compared to a traditional BP Connect site. This uplift is primarily through shop sales. Additionally, this combined quality offer 
generates incremental customer footfall and positions the sites for further growth. It also provides a more balanced profit mix, helping reduce reliance on fuel margins. This BP-owned and operated network delivers returns of over 20%. Including MNS, we have distinctive partnerships underway in six countries with leading retailers and have ambitions to further extend elsewhere. The bottom right chart illustrates how our lubricants business has grown profit at 5% per annum at constant foreign exchange rates. This has been driven by our exposure to growth markets and increasing sales mix of premium lubricants, underpinned by strong brands, technology, and customer relationships. With more than 50% of profit sourced from growth markets and with continued growth in premium lubricants, we have an excellent base for further business expansion and sustained profit growth. In summary, both fuels marketing and lubricants businesses have the platform to generate operating cash growth with good returns and reliable earnings profiles. Turning now to our simplification and efficiency program. We have a good track record of generating cost efficiencies as shown in the top right chart. Going forward to improve our performance and competitiveness, simplification and efficiency programs will form key elements of our downstream strategy. As you can see in this slide, we have four main programs in our efficiency agenda now underway. We are in the process of simplifying and streamlining the downstream head office and functions. A new fuels organization and restructuring within lubricants will eliminate duplication, reduce interfaces, and where appropriate, simplify our route to market. In manufacturing, our first priority remains safe and reliable operations. As I mentioned before, in refining, we are building plants by refinery to further improve our competitiveness. And in petrochemicals, we are pursuing the same aims by deploying advantage technology across our portfolio. And lastly, we are focused on identifying efficiency opportunities in our third-party costs. We have 26 simplification initiatives currently underway across these programs. Taking it all together, we aim to deliver around $1.6 billion per annum of efficiencies by 2018 versus a 2014 baseline. This delivery will contribute to our operating cash flow growth and improved returns. It will also further enhance our competitiveness as measured by our ratio of cash cost to gross margin 
as illustrated in the bottom right chart. Now let me summarize the key elements of our strategy to capture further performance improvement. Within refining and petrochemicals, we will focus on building an advantage manufacturing portfolio, improving the earnings potential of the business through increasingly advantage assets, operational excellence, and distinctive technology. In marketing, we will selectively invest in higher return differentiated marketing businesses which have operating cash flow growth potential. Efficiency and simplification will be central to our strategy and will further enhance our competitiveness and improve our resilience to volatility and bottom-of-cycle conditions. And we will do all of these with safety remaining our first priority. Taking all these together, there is potential to expand the operating cash flow and to improve returns of the downstream from a 2014 base. Capturing the performance improvement opportunity should deliver industry-leading earnings quality measured by net income per barrel of refining capacity, a measure we have shown consistently in the past. Implementation of this strategy is expected to lead to a growing downstream earnings profile and increasingly make the business more robust to external environment impacts. Growing operating cash flows and capital discipline will ensure that the downstream remains a source of increasing cash flows for BP, now and into the future. As the new chief executive of the downstream business, I am excited by the opportunity I see and the caliber of our people to deliver it. Let me now hand you back to Bob. Thanks, Tufan. Now, to summarize the key points we want to leave you with today, we leave 2014 behind, having delivered some significant milestones over the last three years, including everything we said you should expect and be able to measure as part of our 10-point plan. We now have a track record of delivery, real momentum in our business operations, and a proven ability to adapt to tough times. We are well aware that the industry is going into a very challenging phase as we reset to a lower price environment. But our business model is a very focused one, and we are already well in action to respond. Our near-term priorities are very clear and about delivery in our business, completion of our $10 billion divestment program, a disciplined reset of both our capital and cost base, and a commitment to the dividend as the first priority within our financial framework. Looking beyond the near term, we have a roadmap for the future. It's based on the potential of our upstream business, the opportunity to leverage advantage portfolio and improve returns in our downstream business, and our resolve to continue our focus on capital and cost efficiency. All of this works towards our intention over time to grow distributions in line with the approving circumstances of the firm and to maintain a progressive dividend policy.